that you are doing what only you can do in our lives this morning. We position ourselves to receive from you, to be changed by you, to be healed and renewed through your words, through your truth. John 19, verse 30. Thanks, Mel. Cheers, babe. (laughs) So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It is finished. The Greek word, the word that holds so much meaning, the last word Jesus spoke on the cross. In the New Testament times when an employer had completed work or finished a project, they would tell their boss to tailorstye. This was a signal that whatever it was they were assigned to do was now complete. Also, when an artist had completed a masterpiece, a piece of art, they would have a moment of unveiling where they would declare to Taylor Stye, this was the signal that their masterpiece was complete. No more touch-ups or adjustments were necessary. This was a word that was also used when a person finally paid off a loan. They would receive a receipt that was stamped with the word to Taylor Stye, which meant that their debt was paid in full. The word to Taylor Stye is in perfect tense. Now, I actually had to look that up because I knew what past tense was, present tense was, future tense was. I'm like, I can't remember what perfect tense is. Perfect tense speaks of an action that was completed in the past with the results continuing into the present. In essence, it's saying this happened and it is still in effect today. When Jesus cried out, it was finished, he, it is finished, he meant it was finished in the past, it is still finished in the present, and it will remain finished in the future. The cross was and is and always be the complete work of Christ. No adjustments or amendments needed. Everything that the Father requested of the Son to bring salvation to the world, world was accomplished to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring wholeness and oneness with the Father. To Taylor Stye was the Saviour's final cry of victory. When he died, he left no unfinished business behind. And because he rose, we get to walk in that victory and freedom today, from now until eternity. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he was shouting that the old covenant had ended and the new covenant had begun. The fulfillment of one and the beginning of another. In the new covenant, we have life, we have freedom, we are seen perfect, we are covered, redeemed from the curse, living by faith. The law is written in our hearts, our only requirement is obedience and we have the Holy Spirit.
Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ezekiel 36, 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. The Message Bible puts it like this in Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commandments. And this is all possible because of the blood that was spilt for each and every one of us. So when the enemy brings up the past wants to taunt you about the present, or wants to nullify your future. You can stand on these words. It is finished. Declaring that everything is covered by the blood of Christ and everything was made complete in Him. It is finished. Now, I want to do something a little bit different this morning. The last song that we sang, I actually didn't even realise at the time when I was, God was giving me this, that those lyrics were in that song. <laughs> Until yesterday when I was just going over stuff, I went, oh, Lord, those, those, that's the lyrics. So I want to replay that song and firstly, give you the opportunity to embrace what the Holy Spirit has for you in saying it is finished on your life. So if there's a sickness, a torment, a personal issue, a financial issue. I'm asking you to take a step of faith, a step of boldness, come to the front, that it can be declared over your life that it is finished. It's completely your choice, but the invitation is there. And, and what awaits you is the throne of God, you know, this is his invitation. This has nothing to do with me. He's saying, come, I want to set you free. I want to heal you. I want to see you in wholeness, everything that I have for you. I want you to have a greater revelation of the cross, of what I paid, that it is finished. So we're going to play that song again. And if you feel like that's on your heart, that's stirring, please come to the front. And then also with the M elements. I want you to take them at your own time, yeah, throughout this song. So I'm not going to do anything more about that. That's up to you when you want to take them. It's your personal time with God, okay? Bless you guys.
to step into our time of communion together. into our time of communion together. So if you want to grab those elements that you got on your way in. And wherever
wherever you're at, whether you want to stay in the front or at your seats, I encourage you to stay in that posture of worship. We're going to continue worship right after this. In 1 Corinthians, I was reading this morning and it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. It's important for us to recognize that in this moment, anything can happen. And in this moment, we're not only remembering what Christ did on the cross, we are in fact proclaiming his death. We are proclaiming his life. That we are not just remembering, but we are identifying with what Christ did. We identify with him in his death and in his life. We identify with him in his suffering and in his joy. The word says that he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief, but he is also the king triumphant who overcame death, grave, and sin. And it's because of his death that we have life, that the curse of sin has been lifted and we have life eternal. And so there is power in this moment if we recognize it. And so before we take communion together, I just wanna give us a quick moment, just privately, as the band plays individually for each of us. Just a moment of quiet for you to connect with the Lord. And first and foremost, that we come to Him and confess our sins before we take communion. But we also focus our minds and our hearts on the magnitude of the sacrifice that He made and the power if we recognize that we are not only remembering, but we are proclaiming and identifying with Christ. So go ahead and take a moment. to the angel of death to pass over that home, that the price has already been paid, that there has been a sacrifice and death may not enter the home because in that home there is life. And so right now in this new covenant, Lord, as we drink this juice signifying your blood, 
we are saying that in your blood there is life and your life covers us that in us there is no sin because you've paid for it lord you have completely covered us within your eyes we are clean as snow <laughs> and so we thank you lord that death may not enter as we take this which signifies your life let's take the juice together Because 
Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in the house. We don't mind what you do as long as you do something. That's what we're here for, for you to have your way in this place. To touch hearts. To renew people. I think God is going to surprise us with Some things that we've been expecting and with some things we haven't been expecting. (laughs) Because I've noticed that's how he works. Sometimes he'll bring something new and something old. Put them all together and... my personal feeling is that God is up to something. And I really believe he's preparing this church for something beyond our comprehension. How far it's going to Extend and flow, that's entirely his business. In the book of John, if you've got your Bible, I'd like to encourage you to bring your Bible to church. For some, it may be the only time they read it. Well, it's a good start. But I do believe there is a further impartation of the word when we actually read it as we're hearing it in a service. I'm getting a lot of um, echo behind me. It's a little bit bit loud for me because I'll get a bit louder probably. And uh, often when we're we're just listening to somebody, we can drift a little bit. It doesn't mean the person's boring, we can just drift. And so if we've got our Bible and we're following along and we're reading it, that's reinforcing the word that we're hearing. Now, we all uh, receive and take things on board in different ways, some like it in picture form, some like it in book form, some like it in verbal form. But, but if we just learn to collect the different um, avenues of thought that are available, we're going to begin to 
receive all that God has for us because he knows the way that we receive best. And I just want to be open to every way that he is um, offering. Uh, I, I love reading books. I like listening to audio books. But I, I really, and I like reading books on my iPad. That's all good. But just having the book in front of me and reading it, that's, that's just a little bit special. Because I, I find I can meditate on the scriptures more. I can just sit on it. It's in the scripture that um, in John chapter 1, Gospel of John, verse 4, it says, Life came into being because of him, because of Jesus. The second edition translation says, A fountain of life was in him. A fountain of life, the source of life, is in him. And Further in this chapter, in verse 11, the creator of everything took on human flesh, dwelt among us to reveal the heart of the Father, to reveal God. There's a, a little footnote I want to read. It says, just as we express ourselves in words... God has perfectly expressed himself in Christ. He is the perfect expression of the Father. He came to reveal the Father. You may recognize that he came to do a lot of other things, but it's all to reveal the love of the Father. So in verse 11, it says, He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him but they did not receive him. But those who embrace him and took hold of him were given authority to become children of God. Verse 14, And so the living expression became a man and lived among us, and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the only one, or the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. He is the complete package. And he came to those who should have recognized him. But they didn't. In the scriptures that talks about the time when Jesus came to the temple at the beginning of his ministry. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now that was something they hadn't heard for a long time. It was a long period of time they'd heard nothing about the Spirit of God and the revelations of the prophets and things because it was a time where it just wasn't flowing. And then the New Testament, Jesus comes and begins to reveal the heart of the Father he came to those who should have known him. He stood up in the temple and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and something happened. There was a release from that word, and it touched the heart of the people, something they'd never felt before, stirring in them from the word they heard. 
Now, if you've got an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, then when the Word comes, it should stir something in your heart. And you get empowered by the Word you hear, but then somebody said, hey, isn't this Jesus? We know him. We know his family. We know his brothers, his mother, his sister. We know him. And that quickening anointing dissipated because of familiarity. How quickly a revelation can dissipate because of familiarity. Sometimes we can become familiar with the scriptures in an unprofitable way. Because, oh yes, I've heard that before. Oh no, I understand that God's going to do it one day and I've heard Jeff talking about it for a long time. And Jeff gets a bit excited sometimes when he's speaking about it and that's, that's really good. But we've heard that before. And so we settle and we miss the quickening of the Spirit. We don't receive it as a now word because we've become familiar with how we do church. And so we can miss the very thing that God wants to lift us into. God wants us to have our faith lifted into the heavenly realm. We've got to get our faith above our head. We really do. Sometimes people's faith begins to rise, but as soon as their mind begins to start thinking about it, that's as far as it goes. They don't get into the realms of the supernatural. They don't get beyond what I can see, what I can hear, what I can believe for because of what I've seen. But God's going to do a new thing. Now, I've heard the new thing prophecy many times, but that doesn't... How can I put it? It doesn't stop me from believing for that new thing. I've been believing for it for a long time. Those who should have recognised, they missed it. If you've been around for a while, you should recognise. I just want to quickly read a couple of verses that you are familiar with, I have read before to bring you up to speed. John 4, verse 14. I might read verse 13. Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. You're familiar with the story. He said, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will forever be satisfied. For when you drink the water... I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. 
a gushing fountain of the life of the Spirit of God springing up, springing up, springing up. Chapter 7, verse oh, halfway through 37, Passion Translation again. All of you thirsty ones, come to me. Come and drink. See, if we're not thirsty, we won't drink. Do we recognize our spiritual thirst? Or have we become satisfied? Have we become less than passionate for the things of God? Oh, yes, I've read that before. I know that scripture. Believe in me. So the river of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. Get that in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who is preparing you and I to receive. If you have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not been unveiled in his full splendor, but he has now. So there's no reason for it to be held back. But the children of Israel limited the power of God because they didn't believe. They saw the power, they saw the things that were happening, but they failed to respond in the moment. The footnote here on that verse says, rivers of living water will flow from his throne within. So you had that well of salvation. That's the point where you first get that word, you hear the word, you drink the word, you get saved, you receive, you embrace that word. You take it on board as yours, you receive the salvation. Rivers of living water will flow from his throne within. If he is truly on the throne of your heart, the rivers of living water are going to flow. All we have to do is abide in him. Stay in the place where he's put us and allow that well of water to begin to bubble up from within. Allow the Holy Spirit to activate that word. It's the word and the spirit together that's going to bring us into that place where we receive the fullness of what God has for us. The message translation says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. How do you believe in Jesus? This way or that way? He's saying you've got to believe it according to what I'm saying in the Word. Allow the Spirit of God to quicken your heart and believe in me this way and you're going to see the rivers of water begin to flow. Now, there's 
there's a, a whole teaching on that that I'll get in maybe next year on, on how that happens. I just want to cover a few bases at the moment so you're at the level where I can, re- I can, I can share something with you that I, I've got bubbling in me at the moment that I know that I know. So where can we go? We go to Ephesians for a moment, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, now is the time. This is Paul speaking. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. That's the renewing of the Spirit. See, the, the, the Scriptures speak about the washing of the water and the renewing of the Spirit. And it also says about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind comes from the renewing of the Spirit who is renewing every part of you as you'll begin to allow that water of the Word to be washing and cleansing all the time so that we come into that place where that water begins to flow because we're connected with the Spirit. You know you've got the water in the kettle, but nothing's going to happen until you plug it in. But look at the difference between the water in the kettle unplugged and the water in the kettle is plugged. And that's how I see the, the well that's within us when the Spirit comes and activates that well of water, it begins to bubble. Yeah. And that's another thing I could talk about. It's another experience that God has, has, has revealed that, that there's, there's an activation of the Word by the power of the Spirit. Yeah. And it's not relying upon our ability, it's relying upon our willingness to surrender everything and let Him be Lord. Really put him on the throne of your heart and let him be the one who directs you. Let him be the one who guides you. Let him be the one who teaches you. He's the one who wants to bring you into all truth and all truth is better. It's a growing revelation that we just read it right here. Now is the time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. Some of the revelation you've received hasn't been activated by the Spirit. But if you get on your face before God and allow Him to activate that Word, it's going to come alive in you and it's going to transform every part of your being. God is getting the church ready for the greatest move of His Spirit and it's going to need every person in the place to be switched on to God to know what God is saying so that they can be an active member of the body of Christ. There's not one part of my body that's not alive and active. And, verse 24, to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within. There it is again. Once again, the transforming as you embrace, as you take the word on board. That's a word from God. I receive that in my heart and I'm going to meditate on it and I'm going to meditate on it and I'm going to get that word in my heart so I store it up. I get everything that's there and the Holy Spirit's going to bring it out. A lot of things that have been stored up, God's going to bring them out to the surface. A lot of people haven't got a clue and you're going to be the one that's going to give them the clue. You'll give them a taste, a touch of what God's... See, if you just be you with the Holy Spirit and to be transformed 
as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. (laughs) It really is time to embrace, isn't it? Take it on board. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians, no, 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 14, the Passion Translation. It says, Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the things of the Spirit. Now, we can take that, okay, people out in the world haven't got a clue, they haven't got the Spirit of Christ, so they reject it. But what about in the church? This is a letter to the church. Could there be people in the church, Christians, living on an entirely human level? Not embracing the revelations and the word that the Spirit of God is wanting to enter into the fullness of every part of their being and transform them into the likeness of Christ. What did I say? I felt the the ultimate um, uh, expression of, of the glory. Christ in you. A human being just like Jesus. That's what it's all about. You and I being like him. Now, could it be that we're hearing a word but we don't receive that word. We don't allow that word to impact us. We just allow that word to go over our head for some reason. We get distracted or we think, well, that's just Jeff talking and we've heard him before and he gets really excited about this, but we still don't see any change. Well, if you're going to take the word on board and allow the transforming of your mind, you will see change because the word's alive, it's active. Remember I told you before about, and I'll read it to you again. It's in Ephesians chapter Three. Remember I said, I was praying, and I said, Lord, I'm so hungry to see what you want to do in the place. I want to see your word. I want to see the promises be activated. And I opened my Bible, and this is the verse I got. There's never been a generation. This is verse 5 of chapter 3. There's never been a generation that has been given detailed understanding of the glorious and divine mystery until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. That was a real now word for me. And it's a living word. It's got the life of the Spirit to be activated now. Are you going to take the now word and let the revelation work in you now so the Spirit of God can change the way you think so you get your faith above your brain and you begin to move in the things of the Spirit of God? You get a bit excited about what God's doing. I want to remind you of something. Remember the river prophecy? Duh, what was that? We were in church a little while back and I was teaching and I I wasn't expecting this teaching to come up at all. I'd planned to preach on something else and I started preaching on the well and the river. And then when I was praying at the end, a prophecy came out. This was on 
Sunday, October the 16th, I write things down now because I know that I know this is a word for this church and it came by the Spirit of God and I had no clue it was coming. This is the prophecy that came out. Now, I have read it to you before, but I want you to get this on, 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 on your, your, your memory banks and really let this begin to sink in. If you are hungry for the things of God and you cry out for the things of God, God is going to honour your cry. Now, that's about the glory because God says, he who honours me, I will honour. And what's an expression of the glory? Honour. If we honour one another, that's going to allow the glory of God to begin to come into this place in a way that we've never seen before. I believe personally, as we begin to honour one another, as he honours each one of us, we're going to see a move of the Spirit. Honour is so important. God is going to touch your heart and touch, sorry, and that touch of God that he puts on you is going to overflow through the river. So in other words, that well of salvation that's beginning to bubble, that's got the power of the Spirit inboard, it's going to cause it to begin to flow like a river. It'll increase, it'll increase, and the drink becomes a river. So you drink from the well, but you keep drinking the Word of God and drinking the Word of God and drink. God's got a river that he wants to let loose in you to flow out of you to touch others. It's going to be like the flood that was flowing in the creek. And this was the week that we had the floods and the school was closed because the flood would never had floods like it. There was a lot of water around. We're going to see the Holy Spirit begin to flow through this city and it's going to overflow the banks. Because the river flows through this city and we have the natural example that God was using it to give an understanding of what he's going to do by the power of his spirit. Because the river flows through the city and each side the trees of healing, they're going to touch the city and you're called a tree of righteousness. And the scripture talks about the leaves of the trees being for healing. That could be like your hands being used as a tree of righteousness for the healing to flow. There's a great need for healing in the city and there's more need than what you recognize. And there's going to come a greater need in the coming year because God's got some things that are going to be unbelievably explosive happening next year. Okay? There's going to be a lot of things happen next year. Some not good, but then God's got the greater that's going to be so good you're going to see the power of God. But you need to be ready to release what God's putting in you now because God's preparing you now. And that's what we read earlier on. God's preparing for what he wants to do. He was preparing the hearts to receive the Spirit. And if you'll receive this word, I know it's coming a bit fast, but if you'll receive this word, God will empower you and he'll release you to flow in the Spirit, in the river, in you. And you'll be you to others. And it'll be the Spirit of God in you flowing through. And I will teach you a bit more on that, but this is, this is just for now. There's going to be healing flowing through this city. There's going to be a release of my Spirit. And it's going to come through the house that honours me. Here's the word again, honour, talking about glory. The glory in the house, the house that honours me, the house that receives none of the glory for themselves but gives it all back to him. The house that honours me, that's where it's going to flow through. That afternoon, 
after that prophecy. As you can imagine, I was quite buzzed about it because I had no clue it was coming. That afternoon, I went down to Melbourne to uh, Numa Church, where Corey Turner is the pastor of the church. And it just so happened that he prayed for me and he prayed a few things about different things. But the thing that I remember about what he prayed was, this is the same day, okay, he prayed, let the river flow through him, Lord. Right. I personally believe there is coming a flood of the river of God's glory. That's the best way I can explain it. A flood of the river of God's glory. That hope of Christ in you is going to be realized. Habakkuk 2.14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How is that going to happen? Through people who are empowered by the Spirit of God who are moved by the Spirit of God flowing throughout the whole earth and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth as the river flows out of you. Remember, the rivers of living water will flow from his throne. That's in the book of Revelation also. And if he is truly on the throne of your heart, get ready. Get ready. Now, this is something else I want to share with you. Four weeks after that time I was in Numa Church, I was back in Numa Church. Sunday, November the 13th. That's not very far back, is it? I was sitting about two or three rows from the front. This was quite late in the meeting. Corey Turner was up on the platform and they'd been prophesying to a few people. And uh, from the platform, he pointed to me and he prophesied. I want you to listen to this. He said, Pastor Jeff, I heard the Lord say to me, the church has been known as Creek Street for way too long. The Lord says, it may be by a creek, but what I have destined for it is to be a church of my river a river of my presence. Then he said, talking to me, and that which is in your heart 
that which you've believed for, that which you have longed for, for years that you have seen, for decades past, the Lord says, I am God. Nothing is too hard for me. I'm going to do it again. And then he prayed for the church. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name for the church that's been known as Creek Street, O God, would become, Lord, a river church, a church of the river of God's Spirit, that, Lord, it would not be known for the place, O God, that of Ezekiel's river where there were swamps and marshes around. Now, if you can recall, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks, I'm not sure, I was preaching on the river in Ezekiel's vision. And I stopped short of the verses about the swamps and marshes. I had it written down, but I did not preach on it. So I'll read this again. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name for the church that's been known as Creek Street, O God, would become, Lord, a river church, a church of the river of God's Spirit, that, Lord, it would not be known for that place, O God, that of Ezekiel's river where there were swamps and marshes around, but it would be a church of the river of God's Spirit and a river of His presence, O God. Let the river run again, Father. Let the river run, O God, in your house. Let the river run, O God, in every heart. That is a word for this church. And if that's not confirmation about what I've been saying, I don't know what you need. Maybe you need Jesus to stand in front of you and start pouring water for you. But I know that I know God is preparing something by His Spirit for every person who is hungry and thirsty for the move of God to touch them very deep in their heart and allow the Spirit of God to work His transforming work of causing that water supply to be connected to the power supply to flow from each one of us in the realms of the Spirit so that God can have His way in and through this house. Father, I'm asking right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would touch every hungry heart in this house. And Lord, you would cause that water supply that you have so freely given to be infused with the power of your Spirit.
that it will be a living, powerful, water of the word experience. And that experience shall begin to flow in your heart, causing a transformation of the way you think about the things of God. And as you begin to allow the Spirit of God to work His work in your heart, He will bring you into the realms of the glory of God like nothing you have ever known before. And those realms of glory are being prepared right now and there shall come forth a flow. It shall be a transforming flow. It shall be a life-giving flow and it shall feed many. There shall be healing in the hands of those who allow God to touch them by the power of His Spirit and bring that renewing work that the glory of God is working right now, preparing the heart to do His work in this house, in this house, by the power of his spirit and all the glory to God in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've been giving your word and giving your word and giving your word so that that word would become part of our heart and now the confirmation has come and we stand upon that word and we say, come Holy Spirit, come oh Lord, shake whatever needs to be shaken, get rid of all the brushwood, get rid of all the rubbish, Lord. We want our hearts to be pure for that river to flow with no blockage, no hindrance, but a pure heart that's flowing in the things of God by the power of your redeeming work. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We'll finish with this verse in Revelation 22. It's the last chapter in the Bible and it starts off, Then the angel showed me the river of the living water life flowing with water clear as crystal continuously pouring out from the throne of God and the Lamb. The Lord bless you. Thanks, Jeff. It's been hard to do an offering teaching now. <laughs> It will, it will. <laughs> I'm encouraged, actually. <laughs> I'm very, very, very encouraged. Um, <laughs> so picture this, Ephesians 4.11. And try and receive it, not hearing it a thousand times before. <laughs> because... This, this lot of scriptures, you can say, yes, I know all about that. But picture this. And he himself gave some to be apostles, 
some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him is unto him who is the head Christ. And then it goes on. It's really great to read it, the whole chapter. You might think, what's this got to do with the offering teaching? Where it says you may grow up in all things, and we have a picture of a perfect church so I'm thinking here we are we have a body of God's body it's perfect so does that mean something's had to happen to the individuals in the body for there to be perfect unity and so in every area of our life we're walking towards true maturity aren't we to look just like Jesus so all of us in every area (laughs) and for us to do that I believe our finances have to be in order and I'm I'm very grateful that here um, where it says apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers um, they can't be afraid to speak about some things from the pulpit. Number one, finances, not to be afraid to talk about money from the pulpit. And the other thing I thought of was the healing. Those two things, you know, don't want to be doing upset too many people, blah, blah, blah. But we're talking about moving into maturity, full maturity, perfection. And so I believe... Now, this was a challenge to me because when I read this, I said, oh, Lord, this isn't an offering teaching. But if I want to move into full maturity and be like Jesus, I think, I know, I believe that one of the things that has to be working right is my giving, is my finances, is my spirit of generosity. And um, I, I believe as we mature, that area will increase. As we get hungry and we're flowing in the river the way that God wants us to be doing, it will affect our finances. And so I, the, the word equipping just jumped right out at me when I read this. We can't be fully equipped without the money. Can we? How can the church do what they're supposed to do without the money? Fully equipped. And so when I feel like I should be helping someone, I go to do it. If I haven't got the money, I'm not fully equipped. And so I need to step out in faith with what I've got to... Watch and see what God does with that 
And then our faith, my faith, is going to build. And then I can step out in a bigger way the next time because I've seen God come through. And so the little thing that's in your hand, you step out in it and then I think you step back and watch God. And that's been my experience in my life, but I'm expecting it to be greater coming forward because we need more than what we've got. We do. The church needs more than what it's got to be able to do what we have to do with the harvest. And um, isn't that right, Marion? Yes. And so I was encouraged when I, because I'd never seen this passage of scripture in um, regarding money. But when I read it, I thought, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. How, how more edifying is something than if someone is in need of something and they hadn't told you and you give them what they need because God's told you because you had the money in your hand because you'd stepped out in faith with what you had and God had blessed it. Is that edifying the body of Christ? It's edifying one another. You know, it's not just encouraging one another. You know, it's putting our feet to our faith, our feet with our mouth, you know, not just saying it but doing it. And, um, and, and, and God just wants us to, to see it, you know, to picture it, this. And I, I see a, a beautiful be in the river we they've got the post do it online um if we do it that way but i can i just pray and if you do it online i look when i first started doing it online it was um i found the transition of that tricky because you didn't have it in your hand to connect your face faith with it but i, I just uh, as i pray if we can just you can hold out your hand <laughs> and uh, you know what you've given and what God's told you to give and, and how it's working between you and God, um, that we just connect our faith with it. And it's not just, we used to say, it's not just plopping it in the bucket. It's, it's, you have to connect your faith with it. God has said, um, shown you what, what to give. And um, he will bless it. He'll multiply it and it's exponential. Can I tell you? It goes out and then it goes out and then it goes out and then it goes out. And the seed is everywhere all over the world, your seed. And so let's just, can, can we stand? And we'll just connect our faith. Lord, we just thank you for the word we've heard this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that you have ignited something in our hearts for the future of this house. And Lord, um, we come before you this morning and we um, hold by faith in our hand what we've given and we just and, and we connect our faith with it. We know that your word is true and you have promised that um, as we sow, uh, you, you're going to bless the seed. Lord, you're going to bless the seed uh, for food and and... For more seed and we just thank you lord you just open our hearts 
to um, hear your voice regarding our finances and to be absolutely amazed when we, when we look and see what, um, what you've done. We just thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. It's still morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've got some notices somewhere. Thanks, Mel. Because there's things happening. Oh, look, I've, I've been in a muddle for the last couple of weeks. I wished, um, I wished uh, Lockie a happy birthday last Wednesday. It's this Wednesday coming. I rocked up for a, for a meeting on Friday. Well, it's on Monday. So I haven't been late for anything yet. And that's good. And that's good. So, this week we are going to have our prayer meeting here on uh, Wednesday. Lockie's birthday. Lockie's birthday on Wednesday. Um, Thursday we are going to have a school community prayer meeting. Is that, that will be our last one, I believe. And uh, on Friday... It's the church family dinner. So the church family dinner is for the church family. And uh, that's at 6pm. Um, so if you haven't told Sammy you're coming, please do that because we need to know what we're all doing there as far as food. And it will be a barbecue and, and um, some things happening. Lots of things happening there. It's, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Um, so notices further up, Christmas Day falls on Sunday, so we're choosing to spend that with our families, so that's uh, family day, um, so there won't be a service on Christmas Day here. Uh, New Year's Day is also on a Sunday, and we definitely will be having uh, a service start the new year, that, what a great way to start the new year. Um, and the church offices will be closed over the break, but if you need anything, call me, okay? And, um, and we actually have a new church um, phone number. That'll be on the website. Uh, we haven't had a church number. We, we, we used to have a church phone number, and then it got lost in the ether somewhere, you know, with digital technology and whatever, and it ends up that, that this, um, this original church phone number belongs to somebody else now. So you probably wouldn't get anywhere calling the, some other... You know, I think it's an um, uh, engineering company, so <laughs> probably not going to receive a prayer request or anything. Um, so new phone number is 54423647 and it will be on our um, website. So that's all good. Now, I just wanted to give an encouragement. Um, or just let the church know that the, uh, in January the 13th to the 20th, there is a, a camp in Bendigo. It's actually out at Axdale, a camp out at Axdale, Rotary Camp. It is an evangelism training camp. It is... 
put on by C. Fam, Fan, Christ for All Nations, which was Reinhard Bonnke's ministry. So, you, you know, it's, it's evangelism. It's an evangelism training camp. It's called a fire camp. I got to hear on, on Friday from a couple of young people who had been to one of these camps and the impact that it had had on their lives and their, their ability to, to minister the truth of the, of the gospel of Christ to people. As one person said prior to, and this was, this was their bent, the evangelism, that you know, they had seen you know, three and a half thousand people come to the Lord <laughs> prior to um, one of these um, camps and, and now they've seen 350,000 people come to the Lord. I mean, hello. <laughs> In 12 months. <laughs> so... Um, this um, this camp, it's a you know it's a pay for uh, a camp. There there are there, the ministries that are coming are, are coming from they're, they're international ministries. They, these people go around the world with the uh, the message of the gospel, and they're sowing into um, people at that camp. So, if um, be mindful of that, be praying into that that the people who need to be there will be there. Um, People are coming from all over the place. Who is that person from Brazil? Some hungry people, <laughs> just to serve, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, there are a number of registrations. Well, there's quite a good number of registrations already. They're, they're, they would like 50 people. Um, they could have more, but, you know, that's... But 50 people is, is, is good. So, um, if you've got any inkling or, or, or just want to know more, please come and see me. Um, that will be good. So it's the 13th to the 20th of of, um, of January next year. And I believe God's going to do something really special yet through through this. Everything that God does is special. But it's going to be something that, that, you know, it's called a fire camp. It's just, you know, it's going to ignite some stuff. Hallelujah. Well, Lord bless you real good. It is one minute before uh, uh, midday. So good morning and the Lord bless you real good.